Kirk Swanson with Transitions Hospice with me today. Kirk, good to see you again. Good morning. Summer going okay for you? So far, so good. <laughs> it's going by too fast. We're halfway over already yes. in the middle of July. <laughs> One of the things we're going to talk about today, um, I guess some of some of the legal things people need to think about when they are facing uh, an end-of-life situation. And that is something that you guys with Transitions can help out with. We, we, we talk about the nursing care. We talk about spiritual care, volunteer opportunities. But you do have uh, legal advice that you can uh, help with. And it's not so much legal advice as it is getting the documentation in order for, you know, if somebody becomes non-decisional mm-hmm. or or what the wishes of the patient are so that they're documented and everybody is clear on what those wishes are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes you get to a point like this where maybe that conversation just hasn't been had by by the patient. They haven't given it that thought because maybe something suddenly come on or they just never did it. Or they just don't want to talk about it. And and it can be a real challenge, and it puts the people that are there responsible for the care – it can put them in a bad position because they don't want to make a wrong decision. Well, mm-hmm. if you have those conversations, you know, it's right. easier for the person that's trying to help to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what are some of the things that people need to be thinking about when, when we get to this point? Right. So I think the most important thing to start off with is um, a healthcare power of attorney. And what that basically does, um, if somebody becomes non-decisional, then it names somebody that's going to take the place and make those health care decisions for the, the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen all kinds of scenarios. Um, you know, the best case scenario is where it's, it's determined, it's documented. You've got, you know, one person, there is an option to list uh, successors so that if something happens to that main person, mm-hmm. you know, we've had husbands be wives, POAs, and then the husband passes away before the wife does. Sure. Um, you know, if you've got somebody named as a successor, then that next person on the list takes over that role. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, if you're of sound mind and you have, you know, you have the right to make that decision now, and this is the the way to document that so everybody's clear on who's making those decisions for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. There's also advanced directives, right? Well, there's the it's called a pulsed form. It's okay, a, it's a practitioner order for life sustaining treatment. And what this does, uh, it used to be called the DNR, or Do Not Resuscitate Order, mm-hmm. um, but the new state form includes three sections. There's the resuscitation section, and it says, yes, I want to be resuscitated if my heart stops, or no, I do not want to be resuscitated if my heart stops. Um, and then there's medical interventions. Um, your options are full treatment, selective treatment, or comfort-focused treatment. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times when we're getting patients uh, on hospice, we're looking for comfort-focused treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third section talks about um, medically administered nutrition or a feeding tube. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've talked to some people, and they're like, you know, the husband for the wife. And he's like, no, we've had this discussion, and there's no way she does not want anything like that done. So, sure. Again, it's it's documenting, it's laying it out. Um, the the post form has to be signed on by a physician or a nurse practitioner um, in order to make it valid. Mm-hmm. So usually we go back to the primary doctor and have them ask them to sign it for us. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a way to have things in order so that everybody knows what that patient's wishes are. It just mm-hmm. it, it clears the water and um, you know things can be done after the fact, but. It takes a little more time and a little more maneuvering, uh, but there are other options. So it just, when we're talking about it, we, we talk very passionately about it because it's it's very important to know what those needs and wants are uh, for, a, for a patient. So 
Because hopefully if you have these things already in order, that'll quell maybe some arguments going on among family members. It can, right. You know, sometimes you get, you know, we've we've had situations where siblings don't necessarily see eye to eye on what's going on with a situation. Um, If you've got a health care power of attorney, it documents who's got the right to make that decision. And, you know, it it can be tough sometimes. We've seen some some situations that have been difficult. Um, But when it's laid out, then then it does. Mm -hmm. It kind of clears up. Because it's a very emotional situation at the moment, especially if it's a surprise. Right, Mm -hmm. right. You know, if it's a sudden decline and nobody was expecting it and, uh, you know, we've had situations where siblings live out of state and others are here, you know, locally and they see that decline on a daily basis. Um, You know, there's just all kinds of scenarios that, that you can come up with. But Again, having that documented ahead of time, and it, it doesn't hurt. These things can be changed too. So it's not like you know, I've had people that have been, you know, full code or attempt to resuscitate. Um, we can change them to a do not resuscitate order by doing a new form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, usually when we're dealing with with the hospice situation, we're you know, doing CPR on somebody that's frail to begin with. Right can be a difficult situation so um you know we we recommend it it's not a requirement but you know we highly suggest that that we get this in place sure um you know if they're at the hospital and they say they don't want to be resuscitated that's good for when they're in the hospital but when they go back out into the community we have to have some kind of documentation that states what what they want Mm -hmm. so this is when we would do a form Mm -hmm. so when i go to do an admission with people uh families and patients you know, we'll talk about these things. We'll say, okay, do you have this in place? No, I don't. Okay, do you want to do this now? You know, usually they're they're getting hit with a lot of information at, at that time. So I at least want to introduce it and say, you know, this is something we need to think about. We don't have to do it right at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. You know, give them some time to consider what they want to do. Because mm-hmm. um, it is. It's, you know, it's an emotionally charged situation most of the time. And um, it, it takes time to process mm-hmm. some of this information. So, Kirk Swanson with Transitions Hospice this morning just talking about some of the legal uh, documents you may want to have in place if uh, you or a, or a loved one is in hospice care. You mentioned you may be in the hospital and have that DNR or pulsed form, but once you get out, that doesn't always carry over. And, I, and that's maybe something people don't think about, that what I have on file in the hospital doesn't necessarily carry over to my bed. Right, exactly. And, and, and that's fine. It's just when you're in the hospital environment, they're, you know, they've got protocol on how they're going to handle situations. This is just protocol for outside sure. of the hospital so that everybody is clear mm-hmm. as, uh, as to what you want. And that's, you know, one of the arms of Transitions Hospice is, you know, the, 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 the I don't say legal advice because you're not really giving advice. You're just telling them what should should be done. Right. You're suggesting it. And, you know, we've also mentioned, you know, the other branches, the uh, spiritual and social work and, and, and uh, volunteer opportunities, all that you guys offer. Right. And a lot of times if we don't have these things in place, you know, I'll bring it up during the admission process. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not ready to do it right at that time, then our social worker will follow up with one of their visits and, mm-hmm. and try to work through those and get those forms filled out with them. So... Transitions Hospice. Uh, if there's uh, people want to just have a conversation, uh, get more information about hospice care, maybe they're looking at this or they just want to, you know, just in case they ever get to that point, how do we go about getting contact? Right, absolutely. Go, you know, the what we've talked about the website all the time um, as far as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, all our contact information is on there, but it gives you a chance to kind of review things on your own. Um, 
but there is a time when you want to sit down and have a conversation with somebody and we can get that set up and mm-hmm. you know and i tell people all the time i'm like look if you want to ha- sit and have a conversation we can do that it doesn't mean you're committing to anything it just means i'm getting more information i'm trying to educate myself on what my options are right and we'll be glad to do that with you transitionshospice.com kirk thanks for coming in today all right thanks a lot